Rooted in Revenue with your host today, Susan Finch. Steve Richard, Senior Vice President of Sales Excellent at Mediafly, joins me today on Rooted in Revenue to talk about how the economy, how the recession is affecting sales training specifically, how sales teams are having to adjust, and how sales training is having to adjust, or are they just revisiting how they used to do it because that way still works? Hey, how are you? I'm doing well, Steve. I haven't talked to you in a few years. Long time. It has been. So thank you. Thank you for being willing to talk on this topic and to visit. Tell me what's exciting right now. What do you got going that you're- uh, you know, so Sold my business exec vision to Mediafly. I'm having fun being part of it. It's a sales tech roll-up. Been fun, but I have zero influence, zero decision-making, zero budget, zero headcounts, <laughs> everything, and I've never been happier. I'm thrilled. <laughs> I can spend more time with my kids. It's great. And I like what I do every day. I have fun. We've run into a couple of people that they had their companies absorbed, blended, however you want to say it. And they have also stepped back in the role from being CEO, from being owner, from being president to a more active role with fewer budgetary constraints and worries. Yep. That's where I am now. I'm an entrepreneur. I've built and sold a couple of companies. The first one started in 2005. And once upon a time, I called myself an unemployable entrepreneur, but I'm still here. So who knows? <laughs> I've been listening to other people talk about recession and marketing and recession, and it always goes down different paths. I just talked to Laura Patterson. I don't know if you are familiar with her from Vision Edge Marketing. And she was talking about outcome-based budgets, you know, having people shift to do outcome-based budgets. And Another show, she was just talking about marketing, you know, not staying in the dark, citing the stories, the studies from Harvard and some others, that if you go dark on marketing, you're going to have a hard time coming back and your sales team is going to cry the blues because they will have nothing to work with. That's right. So because your position has changed so much and what you're doing, you're in a totally different seat. You used to have this more overview look of each of these roles, and now you are immersed like you're saying, right in sales. And how are you seeing changes affecting your prospects, your existing clients that you want to you know, keep happy? And how are you guiding them? Yeah, really good demand gen marketers that are super targeted with what they do and have very little scrap rate have never been higher demand. That's one thing I'm definitely seeing that's critically important right now. Everyone's going outbound. I've never, I've never seen so many people being like, here's a group of people who for the last 10 years were being fed by marketing, SDRs, BDRs, whatever. And now they got to do self-sourcing of opportunities, at least part of them, not all of them. Do you see that those same people can adjust to that huge change or do you have to bring in different people? They, different they, they bring me to, I deliver a lot of sales training to those people to, to try to help them to adjust. And whenever you, you're doing enablement and training with those people for those uh, situations, what I find is a third of them really do a great job, run with it, get a great, great result. A third of them kind of sort of use a few things. They get better, but you know, like a little bit better results, but not like crazy good. And then a third of them just don't do anything with it because they're not capable of retooling. They don't have it in them for whatever reason to learn new things. They are the old dogs that you can't teach new tricks to. Realistically, that's what I see. Right. In the training role, how long is that turnaround to get them, re? I guess, geared up 
Yeah, it's, it's I do eight hours of training with them, but then the, the management team has to coach and inspect, reinforce all that kind of stuff. The interesting thing is it's pretty tactical training. So it's like they learn by doing, they're actually doing prospecting when they go through the workshop. So the good news is along the way that a lot of them pick up stuff very quickly and get very fast results. Like you'll hear stories of people generating opportunities that same week and closing deals, depending on their sales cycle time of 30 days, 90 days later. And sometimes you'll see, you know, pretty good lift across the entire team, except for the anchors that I mentioned that are dragging them down those third that don't do anything differently. Right. So yeah, but ultimately if it's not inspected and reinforced and if they don't pick the materials back up and revisit and practice and, you know, when they run tests and experiments, they don't run, do it three times or seven times They do it like, you know, 50 times, a hundred times. And they actually measure compared to what they were doing before, which doesn't work very well. They have to do those things for it to really work. Man. That's a hard reality for that one third. Yes, it is. That is just the straight up truth of it, though. That's what yeah. I've been my observation. I haven't actually sat there and measured each individual quota attainment. You know, I've worked with enough customers and I come back to them later on, like, we're thrilled. We're doing great. Okay, let's go. Let's break it down. How's it, how's it look? It's almost always the same story. If we look at the numbers, I just haven't aggregated the numbers and like analyzed it in scale over the years. Probably should have. I've talked to a few people that are in sales training, sales managers. And for that third that doesn't work, and they've said the similar things from a fourth to a third, that they aren't able to adjust. And it's a difficult story to have to tell them if we can't find a place for you or if you can't come along, wish you luck and you have to bring in the new group. How are your customers adjusting, though, to all these shifts? Are they enjoying the new focus? Because salespeople... I have a choice. <laughs> well, they don't. But the salespeople, to me... It's so much easier as we know to keep clients happy that are existing. So how much of your sales, as you're training them in these new methods and training them in new ways of doing things, how much of their time is spent totally on prospecting, going new outbound calls to keeping them? So it depends on the sales role. If you're a pure hunter, it's hundred percent of the time. If you're a, well, like being a SDR, BDR, it's hundred percent of the time. If you're an AE that also has to prospect 20, right. 30% of the time, sometimes 50% of the time, yeah. depending on where you are with building up your opportunity pipeline and being able to close what you got. If you're an account manager or customer success manager, Susan, it's you know 10% right. of your time now, 20% of your time, more than it was before, definitely more than it was before. And now there's they're being measured on it. Right. I'm seeing CSMs where historically were being measured only on renewals. Like you could keep your job based on your renewals. And now the expectation is if they can't cross sell ex additional products, if they can't grow the license counts of the existing products they have, then in many cases they're at risk because their renewals aren't holding up the way they were before. If your renewals are holding up and you can, you know, predictably get 100% of your customers are going to be customers at the end of the year, no matter what happens. When renewal rates are high, it covers up a lot of sins. You can be not a very good account manager, relationship manager. You don't have to work very hard. It's just kind of on autopilot. But when renewal rates start to go down and people start churning, your customers start churning just by through economic conditions, right. then can't get away with it anymore. I'm finding it to help clients plan for next year because they're having to respond more than usual to what's happening at their clients and their clients' clients and all the way down, you know, three and four levels, how that's going to affect them for their planning, for their budgets. And ultimately, of course, for the outcome for their sales teams, all of it, the hiring, I'm trying to walk them through it, that 
let's not just look at what we did last year. How are we going to change it for this coming year? How are you changing it for next year? Sales enablement plus revenue intelligence, faster deal cycles, prepared sellers, engaged buyers. Revenue 360 has you covered from sales enablement to content management, value selling tools to sales forecasting. Explore our flexible modular solutions and see how easy it is to get started. Are you ready to unlock revenue opportunities? Start with Mediafly's Sales Leaders All-Inclusive Guide to Sales Enablement. Take the first step toward improving efficiency, increasing sales effectiveness, and driving revenue. Get your free guide today at bit.ly slash rootedmediafly. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash R-O-O-T-E-D-M-E-D-I-A-F-L-Y. Bit.ly slash rootedmediafly. Well, I'm happy to see that the, this has been mostly isolated to tech at this point. So that's good. Yeah. So it's, it's tech selling to tech. It's not tech. So like I just got off of, of Zoom with one of my customers and it's tech selling to the construction industry. Construction industry is doing great right now. Very right. low employment, tons of projects, piece of cake. Yeah. <laughs> so, but if you're tech selling to tech, that's, that's a different story. But what I'm seeing is it's pretty straightforward. It's like if... Uh, you're good at generating opportunities, you're always going to be fine. You're always going to be fine. Like that's it. It's simple. So learn how to generate opportunities, no matter what customer facing role you're in. And you'll always be fine, regardless of companies change strategies, their venture capitalists, their, their private equity ownership, go to the CEO and they say, Hey, moving forward, you're not growing headcount. You're going to have, I'm also hearing a lot of people who are, they're not doing layoffs, but they're doing mandatory so it's a it's a mandate through the owners of the business that the bottom 10 percent of people uh, in terms of performance every quarter year automatically get cut they're doing it like the english premier league you're, you're the lowest one in the top tier right. you just went down to the lower league there's like a you know relegation process that's happening so don't be there don't be there that's right there's our advice yeah. don't be the bottom 10 percent. yep that's right there are a lot of different angles. There isn't just one, let's talk about, you know, marketing in a recession. Well, don't, you know, don't stop marketing. Great. Thanks for that advice. But to see how it integrates in these decisions and these adjustments to the path affect directly sales. Sales has to integrate with this. How does that affect rather than always doing the overview from the C-suite's perspective, you know, just looking down, here's what's going on, but to be right in it, very focused with sales, how are these changes affecting sales teams? How are these changes affecting the methods that you are approaching prospects, trying to entice them, intrigue them, build that trust? I'll tell you what, a big thing that we're seeing right now is the days of the generic sequence or cadence that people get just pumped through. We're continually seeing the decline, the decline, the decline, the decline, the decline, the decline. I mean, if you put a hundred people, a thousand people in a cadence or a sequence, and you just let the email sort of automatically push out, the percentage of people you're going to get an appointment with just keeps getting worse and worse and worse because because it it's majorly crossed the chasm to a point where everybody's doing it in the in the early days when nobody was doing it, right? But now everybody's zagged. Well, it's time to zig again. So I've seen a very focused effort by many companies to say, we are not going to do that anymore. It's not working. We need to actually know something about our prospects. We need to be thoughtful when we approach them. We need to treat them like human beings and we need to not just automate all of our emails. 
everybody's caught on. Yeah. We're so tired of the, oh, I, you must have missed my last email, or this is the last time I'm going to write to you. All those subjects just coming through, the phone calls coming through and opening the same way, the messages coming through. You're right. Everybody's doing the same thing, and it's gotten so old, and the blocks come out. I probably get, I don't know, 150 unsolicited emails a day. Uh, you, you, so you experience it. I do. And I watch the subjects and you can tell, oh, you're using the exact same tool because your subjects are the same. Yeah. They're using the same playbook, the same this, right. the same that. And you're right. It's going to take thoughtful research, but the ones that are willing to do it, you guys are going to close the deals. That's right. Oh, and and they you. are. I mean, I have the benefit of when I deliver these uh, sales prospecting academies, I have the benefit of being able to interview people who are getting good prospecting results and Honestly, the stuff that was, getting, that was getting good prospecting results when I founded my first company in 2005 are still getting good prospecting results today. Now, along the way, could you get some cheap thrills because you could just pump people through sequences and cadences? Sure. Like, yeah, you could totally do that. And don't get me wrong. I'm not on like a witch hunt for sequences or cadences because right. there's plenty of value in, you know, you want to know which touches are working and why. So that's great. Measurement is good. Pure automation is bad. Pure automation is bad. Unless you're selling to like pet groomers and you want to like so many pet groomers in this country, I can't predict who's going to be in the market for a new billing platform or whatever. Right. So that becomes a game of just, yeah, sure. Like pump them in sequences and cadences, do a hundred a day, do the Aaron Ross predictable revenue thing and just let it rip. And that's fine because there's hundreds of thousands of them. There's like limitless territory. Right. Go crazy. Right. But if you're selling to like the fortune 500 in a very specific functional area within that, it doesn't work. No. And I think we're finding the value, like you were saying, going back to 2005, why does that still work? Because that's when we were still building human relationships all the time. Yeah. And we were talking to people and getting introductions and finding the commonality that we could actually talk to people about something that they are actually interested in talking about rather than what we think they are, what they should be, what the research is showing. We're really looking at that person and that company individually and finding the connecting points. And that extra research pays off. Yep, that's right. And then knowing how to how to do it fast. That's where people get bogged down. There's so many ways to do it quickly that they just aren't aware of. Even just the on Google, uh, you use Boolean searches with the quotation marks, and then there's the tools, and you can change the time parameters, as an example. Right. right. Yeah. Simple things, but if you don't know those minor tweaks. Yep. I've been finding a lot of people don't understand those simple things because they've been so reliant on the cadence on the automation sure hey look when it's, when it's working great yeah but it's not anymore <laughs> yeah that's not what i'm seeing yeah no and what i'm hearing from everybody is the irritation and the resentments oh how much that that actually affects our decision the other way that i would never look at that product i would never talk to that company yeah that does tend to happen that's right i mean if that's your best shot at me for your first opener is that cadence and you just kind of shove me in something, I'm not going to ever trust you. Yep. So building trust yep. as things have shifted, real ways still work, old ways still work because they're just proven and they're very human. Are you seeing changes for building trust that you are incorporating or that you are discarding? Uh, well, you know, going back to actually knowing the, the customers and the storytelling is so important, just the basic storytelling, not anything elaborate. 
and companies totally got away from that. I mean, if you go talk to a new business sales team, especially like an SDR or BDR team, and you say like, okay, you, because in the training, I'll say, give me the name of an account you want to target. And they say, okay, we're going to go after this credit union. Great. Okay, great. Credit union. So what other credit unions do you have as customers? Crickets. What other financial services firms do you have as customers? Crickets. This is a credit union in South Carolina. Did you work with any, any companies in like the low country? Crickets. Like, what's your hypothesis for why this company, whatever even want, like get any value of working with you? Crickets. It's like, well, we've created the monster. I mean, if they don't know any of that stuff, how makes no sense. So what do they do? They get a Zoom info list. They import it into sales after outreach. They have the cadence or sequence that someone else wrote for them and they let it rip. Right. And then they do dials to hit their dial metrics. And, you know, some of them get good on the phone. Most of them suck. That's about it. Oh, man. The part about storytelling is so important to me. And for companies to develop their stories, they can share with sales that sales can memorize, learn how to deliver, learn how to apply. And that's part of also, to me, where a lot of companies have cut back or just not seen the importance of it because they were so heavily reliant on the automations that their sales team don't even know how to speak about the company. Yep. That's right. I mean, look, people can that to make it be so, you know, gloom and doom. I mean, I, I find if you say, okay, what do you, what do you guys do? They can say that they can talk about the okay. product, but it's because they get, they got trained on the product. So it's right. like, well, okay. You train them on the product, but then the irony is 3% of the market's actively buying. So the 3% right. of the market that's actively buying, do they care about the product? Sure. They, Definitely care about the product. What about the 40% that's susceptible to looking? Do they care about your product? No. no. They care about industry topics and trends. They care about, you know, what the future may hold and all these kinds of things, but they don't, they want to hear about the art of what's possible, those sorts of things. But do they actually care about the details of your product today? No. What do the reps lead with? Product. Like yeah. it just fundamentally doesn't work. It's lazy. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's most of it. It's lazy. And, and I don't know where the lazy starts too, because it comes from sales training, sales management. And then that comes from marketing and the overall collaborating very much now. Right. One of the big things when I was an entrepreneur, so over the years, we had 453 SDRs. And when we had all those people over the years, there were people who succeeded because of our training program. There were some people who didn't succeed because of that. They succeeded because they have high figure it out factor and they were just collaborating with their peers all the time and putting it together. That's what I was. I just figured it out based on my failing and then realizing I got to figure this out and sitting with people when they're all working from home and you ask them like, okay, when's the last time you worked with each other on uh, an email response? When's the last time you listened to a call recording and broke it down to understand what's working, what's not working, what we can improve on. Right. It doesn't happen on the organic level when you're sitting in the office physically with each other. Right. That's what I've been saying. That's I've been seeing the same thing in the conversation I was having with Laura and with Tessa Berg over at ModOp, and even with my own team. It's invaluable to sit together. Yeah. And and if possible, sit together. Right over each other's shoulders as much as I love work from home, but I'm disciplined. I've been doing this for decades. And so I had that experience first of somebody over my shoulder, somebody next to me, somebody in the other office I could shout to and pop up and do something and where we can all come through with ideas. 
yep. client call comes in and we put on speakerphone and let's all talk right now that spontaneity of collaboration and my own team now that they are two in our boise office they sit next to each other and are constantly collaborating and learning from each other and digging through things and problem solving that yeah they could have done their own but when you're putting on headphones to tune the world out you're not in the world yep that's the thing is when people go in now they're there but there aren't a lot of them it's only a small portion they're sitting really far apart and they have headphones on so it's like what's the point of even being there you're not there right right you know so you're not you're not doing all that organic in between learning that you were doing before thank you so much steve it was a pleasure getting to visit with you yeah thanks a lot susan appreciate it our guest today was steve richard from mediafly connect with him on linkedin or go to mediafly.com to learn more about all of the services they offer including all the sales training he was talking about in this episode never miss an episode Check out rootedinrevenue.com and subscribe on the site to get weekly updates of when new episodes come out. Or find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. So go subscribe. We'll get you all the information you need to do your best with marketing and your online presence.